it is time once again for another episode of Here We Go, the Steelers show. And this is a very special episode because just about maybe about 14, 15 hours ago, the Pittsburgh Steelers made their pick in the 2022 NFL draft. And it was none other than Kenny Pickett. My name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I am the podcast producer here, and remember, this is your one-stop and non-stop shop for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, especially draft weekend. We have got it all. There is going to be breaking news podcast after every single pick. There are going to be roundtables, maybe four or five of them. After a few picks, if the pick's close together, we're just going to have one. But it's going to be great because you are going to have plenty of Pittsburgh Steeler information, plenty of time to, you know, try to absorb and figure out what just happened with a pick and none other to do that. And it's very special. If you're going to break down a player and break down a quarterback, one you're not that sure about, well, why not have a coach on the show? And no one breaks down film. No one gives you the coach's perspective like none other than Kevin Thatcher Smith, KT from OC. What is up, my man? Hey, Brian. Yeah, from OC. So uh, I'm one OC guy. Kenny Pickett's another. I'm from Ocean City, New Jersey, and Kenny Pickett's from Ocean County, New Jersey, about an hour hour north of me here uh, up the Garden State Parkway. So uh, I'm excited to have a, another Jersey guy in the house here. Jersey boys. Yeah, but he's got small hands, Brian. He has small hands. Well, you know what they say about small hands, Kevin. They make the sandwich make look bigger. <laughs> I was worried about where you're going with that. Uh, you, you can trust me on this one. Okay. <laughs> so what do you think, Mr. Davis? I got to tell you, I this is going to be the theme for me. If you listen to me, you see me tweet it. I'm just glad they did not trade up for a quarterback they did not waste any draft capital and i've got to say we talked about this on the round table with dave schofield and jeff hartman myself this was an inside job and the nice thing about the inside job is they have scouted this guy they have looked at this guy over and over and over again for just the past couple years so they know all about him they know how to trust this guy I feel pretty good about the fact that there were some smoke screens here and I have no problem with smoke screens, but they knew what they were looking at. They knew the guy they wanted. They know that this fits their system. And you know, this had Matt Canada's blessing on it. They're like, Matt, is this the guy that you want to work with? And I'm sure he said, yes. And Hey, this is the guy that recruited one Kenneth Shane Pickett to Pittsburgh. What did you think about the camera shot of the family uh, and Kenny Pickett sitting with his family after they announced the pick and how emotional he got? I will be honest with you. I saw it for a split second because we watched the draft a whole lot different here at BTSC. We were recording our reaction. I immediately went out to put together the, uh, I do my uh, podcast producer duties. So I have not, I didn't even hear the pick. I do not know what Franco Harris said. The great Franco Harris. Boy, did he look good, didn't he, Kevin? He did. He was there because it was the, it's the 50, or coming up on the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. So he was kind of a, an honored presenter. 
for that's that awesome. I did not get to hear him announce it. So now after I finish recording this show, I'm going to go catch up and, and see what I did not see first because I'm doing administrative duties here at PTSC. But when I looked up, I saw the family reaction, just like I said, a split second. I thought it was great. I mean, I trust the Steelers. I definitely do here. And I really think that they knew exactly what they were doing. They were just sitting back and watching. This is the guy they wanted all along because think about this. There were other guys that we perceived to be on their board, like a Devonte Wyatt, like a, I mean, some people thought Tyler Linderbaum, which I did not think was on their board, but there's all these players that they could have went with. There was a run on wide receivers. I don't even think they were going to go wide receiver to begin with. I think that's something that they were looking at in round two. But I just really think that what this team was doing, they they made this decision a long time ago to go with Kenny Pickett, and they were just watching it happen. If they saw the buzz that they had to trade up, they knew that they would if they really wanted this guy. And I think... That was something on the table. They realized they didn't have to. The only thing that I'm going to say, and Dave Schofield and I kind of agree on it, they might have been able to trade out of that pick and still get the quarterback of their dreams. But they didn't. They must have known something then. They had the opportunity to get the guy they wanted. They got him. We have to trust this team. Yeah, I don't. I will never criticize a team for... Uh, not trading back because you don't know what those teams uh, in in between are going to do. And, and so this was very similar to last year when everybody knew the Steelers wanted a running back and, and they just kind of sat patiently and they let the draft come to them. And uh, when their, when their turn came, they had their pick of every running back in the draft and they had the opportunity to choose exactly the guy they wanted and they did that with Najee Harris, and uh, you know the early returns on that pick are excellent. And and here we are again, where where you know a lot of people were talking about, oh, the Steelers might have to go up in the top ten. They might have to go all the way up to number eight to get in front of Seattle if they want to take Willis. And uh, there was all this talk about they got to move up, they got to move up, and they didn't. And they they again they they sat there and they they let the draft come to them and. And here it is, second year in a row. Now they get they get their choice of the entire board. They could have picked every any quarterback in the draft, uh, and they and they chose Pickett, and, and uh, that obviously tells you that he was their guy. So, you know, uh, coaches say it all the time: "Oh, we got our guy," but you don't know if they're being uh, you know uh, genuine or not when they say those things. But in this instance, when when every other guy is on the board, you know that they're telling you the truth. Absolutely. So what I love most about this, and I definitely want to hear, you heard my reaction. I want to hear your reaction, but I love the fact that they got the first quarterback off of the board, which means that was their true pick. They did not settle for Kenny Pickett because, because Malik Willis was gone. They did not settle for Matt Corral because Pickett and Willis was gone. So I kind of like that they controlled their own destiny with it. They got the quarterback that they wanted. 
And this is not sloppy seconds for anybody. Right. It would have been, I don't want to say discouraging, but concerning maybe if, if they had made what felt like a panic pick. You referenced the fact that we were all, all the BTSC staff was, you know, on a Zoom together and, and watching the draft unfold. And um, so there the Steelers are sitting at, at number 20 and uh, somebody traded up into the 18th slot. I can't remember who it was, uh, but then you had New Orleans sitting at 19 and, and there was a brief conversation that we all had, like uh, as we're waiting to hear that 18th pick, like did these guys come up in front of Pittsburgh and New Orleans? Because those are two teams that both need quarterbacks. And, and what if this team, uh, that came up into the 18 spot. What if they take Willis and then New Orleans says, oh, well, we better get our quarterback now and they take Pickett. And then all of a sudden here, the Steelers are at 20 uh, and the top two guys have come off the board. Uh, you know, are they going to pull an Artie Burns? You know, when, when Cincinnati jumped in front of Pittsburgh or uh, chose uh, William Jackson in front of Pittsburgh back in 2016 and the Steelers thought they were going to be able to get him and, and they were, you know, hell bent on taking a corner, so they just went to the next guy on their on their board, and they picked Burns. Uh, if they had done that at twenty and taken maybe let's say Coral or Desmond Ritter or something, then I would have felt pretty bad about it. You know, I would have felt like, oh, that's a panic pick. Um, but they didn't do that. You know, they didn't, they didn't have to do that. And and so of course, like you just said, it means that they really truly got the guy that they wanted. So I mean, I got a ton of thoughts on Pickett, and, and you know, and we'll get to all of them. But I'm. I'm, I'm way more encouraged than I am discouraged, even though I'm surprised because I think we all, based, just based on what we were hearing, felt uh, as though if the Steelers got their pick, it was going to be Malik Willis. Absolutely. And you know what? It's really interesting, too, Kevin, that in one year, actually, my gosh, the course of maybe five weeks less than six weeks at least uh, if i'm going to be exact the steelers not only took the number one free agent quarterback and the number one overall quarterback in the draft (laughs) i mean you don't expect that from the pittsburgh steelers so they took and when i say top free agent they sure they didn't trade for a guy but when it came to free agents, Mitch Trubisky was the guy on the top of that list. And then you turn around and get your first choice of quarterback before anybody else takes one. That's that means that they are really looking at the quarterback position. They're really looking at um, turning the corner from the Ben Roethlisberger era and trying to start a new era. Right. Um. And the thing that I think is really interesting about it, too, is I think it speaks volumes about uh, how the offense is going to evolve, because if they take in Malik Willis, he, he's he is much he's much closer to a Lamar Jackson type quarterback. Maybe maybe as a passer, a better comp might be Jalen Hurts, but he's definitely a guy who is going to work best out of the pocket. Um, and, and he was going to take a lot of time to develop. And he was a guy who didn't play in, in a pro style offense, who didn't do a lot of, uh, work in the middle of the field, who, who wasn't real comfortable making NFL style progression reads. 
Um, so if they had taken him, one of two things was going to be true. They were either a going to going to be willing to let him sit for a while uh, while he learned all those things, or B, they were going to really alter their offense uh, around his skill set and and probably become much more of a Baltimore slash Philadelphia style offense. But by taking Pickett, who's I think unquestionably the best passer in the draft, uh, but but is also athletic enough to be able to do a lot of these things out of the pocket and off platform to use that phrase that a lot of people are using these days, meaning like, uh, you know, while he's, while his feet aren't set and while his arms not in a great arm slot and uh, in essence to be able to sort of make improvisational plays. Um, he can do all those things and you can get all that creative Matt Canada boot, boot out of the pocket stuff, but he's a much more advanced pocket passer. Uh, than Willis and really than anybody else in the draft, which also means that they're going to be able to run a lot of the passing concepts that they were running with Roethlisberger. I mean, Pickett's not going to be able to do them as well as Roethlisberger out of the gate. Uh, That'd be silly to say that, but he's far more advanced than uh, Willis and he's probably better than Trubisky. I mean, that's an area where Trubisky needs to grow. So the thing I was most encouraged about was that I don't think when Pickett becomes the starter that that it has to be a remedial passing game because he's got a pretty advanced level of pocket awareness and ability so that you can kind of get the best of both worlds. You can get a pretty advanced passing progression game and you can also get all the boot and out of pocket stuff that, you know, you were looking for with Willis. And you have the potential for a more durable guy. Because we we really we finally saw it with Lamar Jackson last year, it it didn't look like you were going to see it right away, but you know the hits took their toll in 2022, excuse me, 2021 on Malik. Well, excuse me, on Lamar Jackson, and he was a 2018 draft pick, and so in his fourth year, that's when things started to really those injuries and all those hits began to mount and he didn't play a lot last year. Yeah. And when he played, he looked good, but there's still, he was still a suspect passer in that we saw that improvising in the senior bowl where, I mean, he looked like an excellent playmaker Malik Willis did in the senior bowl. But when he was passing the football, I don't see a lot of completions. Right. So that's uh, that's one thing you look at there, and I think they they wanted to get a more polished quarterback. And I'm watching highlights in the background right now of Kenny Pickett throwing the ball as we speak on NFL Network. And I got to see the reaction that you mentioned earlier from the family, and I'm watching him throw the football, and it's quite impressive, you know. Yeah. So I I really like what we're seeing here, but. Well, you know, what, you know, when you when you watch him make those throws, they look like NFL throws, right? They look like things you see NFL quarterbacks do, and you just don't see as much of that uh, with Willis. Absolutely, and you have to you have to uh, really consider the fact that the competition that he was playing against at Liberty, based on the competition that Pickett was playing in the ACC, playing the Clemsons for the last couple of years playing North Carolina, 
playing the NC States, you know, playing these teams, the Miamis, you know, that's a pretty big deal. Florida State. They were playing Florida State, you know, so you're playing against these teams. And a couple of times they uh, they won that division there with Kenny Pickett on that team. So that's uh, and they won the conference last year and we got yeah. to see the fake slide. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I love that play. So, I mean, that that high just, football IQ right there. Yeah, that that just shows me that one place shows me a lot. So, there's so many things that we want to talk about here, but we do want to get the coach's perspective, and we are going to do that when we come back. We're talking all Kenny Pickett as the Steelers cross the picket line on BTSCs. Here we go, the Steelers. Welcome back to Here We Go, the Steelers show. I am Brian Anthony Davis. He is KT Smith. We are celebrating a brand new Pittsburgh Steeler. He is the quarterback, Kenny Pickett from Pitt. And there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. It's about, and you're going to answer any of these questions when somebody comes in. When you make a pick in the first round, people are going to love it. People are going to hate it. Last year, Najee Harris. There's a lot of people that hated that pick. There's some people that love that pick. Now, a year later, there's a lot more people that love it. It's like going to Woodstock, Kevin. You know, the people that are saying that they went to Max Yasger's farm in 1969, well, there's a whole lot more now than actually went to it. There's a whole lot more people loving the Najee Harris pick than actually knew about it. So, Kevin, we want to talk about this pick. What was your first overall impression of this pick? What was your reaction when they made this pick? Were you happy? Were you angry? My, my reaction was surprised more than anything else because I really thought with both Pickett and uh, Willis on the board that they would take Willis. And uh, we jumped into a conversation. Um, I think you, you had left the, uh, the, the BTSC Zoom chat by the time this conversation came up, but we kind of jumped into a conversation over um, all that public praise that Mike Tomlin was, was bestowing upon Malik Willis. Um, some of it was certainly genuine, but how much of that do you think was a bit of a smokescreen? How much of that was, you know, sort of giving the impression that, Hey, this is going to be our guy when all along uh, Pickett was the guy. And, and that's, and that, that was a conversation that we had. And I don't know if there's any truth to it or not, but you know, Tomlin's Tomlin's pretty uh, coy about that stuff. And he does a nice job of, telling you what the Steelers are going to do, but he doesn't exactly tell you how they're going to do it. So I, you know, in my mind, I was convinced at that point that uh, they were going to take Willis. I'd even said to Jeffrey Benedict before the pick, I said, Jeffrey, you want to write the film room on Willis or should I? And, uh, and I heard you say that. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, and then they selected Pickett, and, and I must, so my first reaction was like, wow. But once I, but once I sort of started to digest it a little bit, it began to just make so much more sense. Like I think back to Willis and the one thing when I was, when I was really kind of, you know, trying to think about him as a prospect that I, that I kept coming back to was like, he got beat out at Auburn 
he was at Auburn before he was at Liberty. And he got beat out there by Jared Stidham, who, you know, Jared Stidham went on to be, uh, you know, a backup pro quarterback. I think he did a couple of years. He might even still be in the league as a backup in New England. Um, but Jared Stidham was never a big time uh, prospect. And he was never a guy that teams projected as, uh, you know, a big time quarterback. Um, and, you know, you, you thought like, okay, well, he's, he's going to be a, a good college quarterback. Uh, but Willis couldn't, Willis didn't beat him out. So he winds up transferring and going to Liberty where he excels against lesser competition. And I always came back to, all right, well, what are the reasons he couldn't beat out Stidham? And you can see what those reasons are. You can see his obvious flaws on film, the accuracy issues, the, the, the uh, struggles with reading defenses, um, you know, those types of things. But then you look at Pickett and when you watch his film, there aren't obvious flaws. I mean, there's, there's areas where you think, Oh, he can improve. Like, you know, he said it himself. Uh, one thing that he de- has dedicated himself uh, to between the end of the 2021 football season and, and now is working on his deep ball. Okay. So, so maybe he needs to develop a little bit of a better touch on his deep ball, but beyond that, there are no glaring deficiencies in Kenny Pickett's game. He can pretty much do everything. Uh, he's not going to do some of it with the flair of some of the great quarterbacks in the NFL. He's not going to do some of it with Aaron Rodgers' creativity or, you know, Ben Roethlisberger's ability to throw a, a, a 20-yard out route to the opposite sideline, you know, from across the field, et cetera. I mean, those are, those are things that these, like, elite quarterbacks can do. But, but as, a, as a 23-year-old coming out of college, he's as NFL-ready as, as anybody. Uh, and then you think to yourself, oh, that, this, this makes total sense because if the Steelers want to bring in a, a guy who they want to give a legit shot to compete for the starting job this year, he's the right guy. It seems like he really is the right guy. So I'm getting more excited about this as we go. I have learned not to get way too excited over a number one pick because the Ryan Shazier pick that I was not happy about eight years ago turned out to be a fantastic pick. You know, there were guys that I was really excited about, man, I love Jarvis Jones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was wrong there too. You know, so there's, there's so many picks, there's guys that you're not sure about. And, you know, this is one of those things that we knew a lot about Kenny Pickett just because he was a pit player. I do want to say this because we've already seen on the live chat, There is no way. I'm not even going to ask you this question because I'm just going to say the answer right now. I'll let you agree or disagree, but there's no way that this is a makeup from 39 years ago for not taking Dan Marino from Pitt. They don't think that way, Kevin. They do not. They're they're not concerned about that just because he has PITT on his helmet. They're making this pick because they think this is the best for 2022 not trying to make up for a mistake in 1983 kevin uh yeah that, that is safe to say no doubt about that they're they're uh the the issue with Pitt is more about familiarity and and how well they know this young man something like we were saying at the beginning of the show then it is about the ghosts of you know dan marino That's absolutely true. But let me ask you about Pitt. And we could talk about the fact that the Steelers don't have to go far to scout this guy. But for Kenny Pickett, how much of the familiarity of Heinz Field 
helps this man? Yeah, I, I think it helps a lot. I, one of the issues that you have as a rookie, especially as a number one pick, and then especially as a number one pick who's a quarterback, is this incredible expectation. You know, you, you're, there's just going to be so much more scrutiny on you than there, than there is on, you know, somebody who's, let's say, an offensive tackle. It's just the nature of the beast. When you're the quarterback, that's the spotlight position. Um, so, and especially now he's the, he's the first quarterback taken in the draft. So there'll be a ton of scrutiny on him and he'll feel a lot of pressure, uh, to perform. And, you know, we think about these on field things, but the things we don't think of sometimes are like, these are young men, very, very young men. He's, he's 23 years old. And, you know, you and I've talked about <laughs> how we were as 22, 23 year olds, maybe not our best selves. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and they have to, they have to now, uh, if you get drafted and let's, let's say Kenny Pickett, I'll just pick a random place, gets drafted by the Houston Texans. He's a kid from New Jersey who went to college in Pennsylvania, who now has to just to move halfway across the country to a totally different city in a, in, in a place that's very culturally different than where he grew up, um, where he's got to figure out everything on his own, you know, find a, a place to live in an environment that's new. Uh, meet, meet and deal with all new people, um, you know, an entirely new franchise that he's unfamiliar with, figure out things that he's, you know, like his finances and, and how to manage his contract and all, all that stuff in a strange place with no familiar faces. And, and that the weight of, of that stuff can sometimes take a toll on these guys in addition to all the other pressures that they face. The fact that Pickett won't have to deal with any of that because he's already established himself here in Pittsburgh and, and, and he knows that all, all of those other things is, is gotta be very comforting for him that all he really has to do now is dive into the playbook and, and just, the, and just focus on football. And, and I think that's a, kind of a huge relief for a young man. Now the, we talked about this on the preview. I'm just going to bring this up to you because you have not heard this yet, but man, the Steelers PR department are probably bumming like crazy because they can't take him around to have his first Permandy brother sandwich. Yeah. That's a small sacrifice that they'll have to make, you know, <laughs> for, for getting the guy they wanted. What kind of endorsement deal do you think Kenny Pickett is going to get with Kennywood? Well, you know, you and I talked, uh, recently i didn't even know what kennywood was until very you know not that long ago and i saw an old commercial with jack lambert riding the roller coasters at kennywood and oh, that's i think I, I think i put it out on our slack channel and i was like does anybody ever ever seen this commercial because i didn't know what kennywood was and then they were all like clearly you're not from pittsburgh <laughs> that's for sure that is a classic from 1985 actually uh, with myron cope and uh, Myron Cope with the rubber ducky and you know, just great stuff that will be on a future. The more, you know, on my Sunday article, that's going to be coming up. I actually have that waiting in the wings for in the next couple of weeks, but yeah, so I can see, but if you're from Pittsburgh, if you're a Yinzer man, Kennywood is Kennywood's bigger than Disney world for you because yeah. that's where you grew up. Yeah. So, my, so, so my, the interesting, interesting question for me is now that they've taken a guy who is the most pro ready quarterback in the draft, does he get a chance to compete for the starting job right away? I mean, we've, we've sort of built it as a competition between Trubisky and Rudolph 
where we believe Trubisky is going to be the guy, you know, who, who should win that competition. We, you know, the, the, the talk through the off season has been uh, the Steelers are bringing in Trubisky to be the starter. Um, and if they drafted Malik Willis, I think that that still would have been a pretty safe bet considering that he, considering he's, he's in, in large regard, a, a developmental quarterback, but Pickett's not, I, I don't know how much of a developmental quarterback he is. I wonder, I wonder how much of a chance he, he gets right out of the gate to win the starting job. Well, you know, there's been a lot of talk about that already because we saw what happened with Patrick Mahomes. We saw what that red shirt year was, but this is definitely an older quarterback than what Mahomes was. But when you bring in a guy like Mitch Trubisky, you allow, you definitely have room to let this guy sit for a little bit. But do you go ahead and let him sit as the third quarterback? Or do you try to shop a guy like Mason Rudolph? For me, um, for me, it's now a competition between Trubisky and Pickett. Uh, and I'm, I'm just, again, speaking personally, I have no idea what the Steelers are going to do. But with Pickett being 23, almost 24 years old, um, and, and a guy who, who, yeah, I mean, he could certainly benefit from sitting and learning for a little bit. I wouldn't want to throw him right in there, but, uh, but I don't, I don't think you bury him as the number three either. I think you, you let him learn. And uh, if you're, if you're the number three quarterback, it truly is a red shirt year. You, you don't get, you don't even get reps in practice. You, you run the other teams, uh, the, the scout team in practice. And so um, I don't think they want to waste a year of picket in, in that sense. I mean, it is nice that they get him in the first round because you get that fifth year, on the rookie contract, as opposed to if you'd taken him in the second round, you only get the four years. So you got an extra year in that regard. But uh, I don't know. This, he's, he, he, to me, is a guy I don't really want to waste a lot of time with. You know, I don't want him holding a clipboard for, for too long. I want him doing active learning. And I just think the Steelers know what they have in Rudolph. And uh, are they, and, and Rudolph, you know, I mean, he makes too much money really to be your number three. So uh, if it were me, I'd kind of chop him and maybe look to bring in uh, either a, a, an older veteran on a really, really cheap contract to be my number three or, a, or a, you know, a young guy, a free agent guy. Absolutely, because I really – now, please, I need to throw in the disclaimer, but I really feel that a month ago the plan was to go ahead and go with a rookie quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, and Dwayne Haskins and shop Mason Rudolph. Now the tragedy has changed some of that. And, you know, I, I careful when I bring up the tragedy, but I think the plan was to have those three in place and the odd man out was going to be Mason Rudolph. Now you just to uh, remedy that situation now is you can still possibly shop a guy like Mason Rudolph, but you're not going to do it until, until camp, but you have the opportunity to go ahead and do that and bring in a veteran quarterback, you know, a guy like a, my gosh, a guy that can be your number three could be a clipboard guy or a guy like a Josh Dobbs. Of course he left, but have that veteran guy that is always going to be around. And I think of a veteran guy from way back 30 years ago who ended up being a head coach, Jason Garrett in this league. 
you know, he was the number three guy for the Cowboys for a long time. I can see just like a clipboard guy as that number three, but that you could trust him if, if you have to get down to him. But I think that was the plan that got altered a few weeks ago with the tragedy. Right. I, I think that's actually your ideal situation. A guy, a veteran who understands his role, uh, clipboard guy, mentor. Uh, if something happened to Trubisky and they didn't think Pickett was ready, he's a guy that could be an emergency starter for uh, you know a week or two. Uh, I think that's really your ideal. Not Mason Rudolph, who's going to go onto the field probably trying to, you know, he's still with designs on winning the starting job. You, you want a guy who kind of knows, hey, I'm not here to be the long-term starter. Um, I think that would really be ideal. I don't know who that guy is off the top of my head, but that's that'll be something interesting to watch as, as we go forward. Absolutely. So as we get ready to wrap up here, I have one more question for you, Kevin, and you've alluded to it at the beginning. It's the small hands conundrum. You know, I bring up Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow had small hands when he was throwing for ever, over 70 touchdowns at, at LSU and winning a national championship. And the big thing about him was, well, he has small hands. He still went number one overall, but it kind of proved that that's not a big deal. These are the same small hands of Kenny Pickett, who had an amazing year last year to put him in position to be a Heisman finalist. And not only that, but to have the stats that he did. I mean, those are the balls that much bigger in the NFL. No, they're not. That's the thing, man. Uh, If this had been a problem for Kenny Pickett, it would have already been a problem. He's, he's been playing in Pittsburgh. He's from New Jersey. He he's been he, he's played plenty of football in in cold weather. Um, so this is again you know we did we did a show last week you and I where we talked a lot about things that pundits sometimes say that I get frustrated with because I feel that that they that they're either uh, it's just it's just this sort of like uh, studio talk that doesn't translate to the football field or uh, things that they fixate on because they, it makes for controversy or whatever but the the small hand size thing uh is frustrating because if a guy can throw the football he can throw the football i mean drew Brees is another example of a guy who's who doesn't have particularly big hands and drew Brees is, is six feet tall um you know, and 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 again that's a, a measurable that the uh you know the the scouts and the and the so-called pundit experts would probably criticize but i have not seen any example where where uh you know, hand size has been a problem for Pickett in, in game action. And so I don't anticipate that being a problem in the pros. You know, we've talked about so much about the hand size. What about the height of Kenny Pickett? Is he an ideal height? I mean, he's, he's six, three and a half. So I don't see that, you know, if he was six, four, would it make people feel better? You know, probably because they'd say, Oh, he's six, four. Well, well he's sitting, now he's six, three. Well, you know, his official measurement was six three and a half. So, all right, is that half an inch going to make uh, going to make that big of a difference? I, again, I don't. I if you if you tell me this, you say, hey, look, this guy can get from his first to his second to his third read in one point five seconds, uh, versus, but he's six foot three, and this guy is six foot five, 
but he can get from his first to his second to his third read in 2.2 seconds. I'm taking the six, three guy every single day of the week. Cause that 0.7 seconds in the pocket is often the difference between a completed pass and a sack or a completed pass and a ball that's defended, et cetera. I mean, there are, there are just other things that matter more and your, your ability to process quickly to me is a, a much more important trait than a, a difference of a, of an inch or an inch and a half in your overall height. Fantastic. Kevin, as we wrap things up here, Malik Willis is going to be a second rounder. Kenny Pickett is the only first round quarterback in this draft. What is your confidence in this pick? I'm not asking you for, for you to grade it. Just how's your confidence as we get ready to go into round two? How do you feel the Steelers did with this pick? Well, I mean, the thing that makes me confident about it is they had their choice of any quarterback on the board, and this is the guy they chose. And last year when they were in the same exact situation with the running backs, they picked Najee Harris. That worked out very well. Um, and so, you know, it's another one of those things where we say, hey, we, we trust the Steelers and, and, uh, and their evaluation process. And, and they know this kid uh, extremely well, and they're very, very comfortable with the pick. And so I feel comfortable with it, too. Well, I'm watching him again in the background, hugging his family. He has the look of a star quarterback. I, I hope he has the, uh, the success that we all hope for him. So this is going to be really exciting. But stick with BTSC because we're going to continue to talk about the Kenny Pickett factor, not just over the weekend, but all the way up and through at training camp. We're going to talk about right now six other Steelers, newly minted Steelers, that could change with some trades who knows, but I'm really excited after we get through the first pick. This is not a ho-hum pick. This is a, uh, a pick that's going to be very interesting in not just in Pittsburgh, but throughout the whole league because it's a quarterback. So we are going to be talking about everything Steelers. So stick here for not just the breaking news podcast with Dave Schofield, for the roundtables with a variety of Pittsburgh Steeler BTSC podcasters and everything else that you normally get on the editorial side and the podcast side. So for Kevin Smith, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. We have three things that we want you to do. One, stay safe. Two, stay true to yourself. And three, always stay behind the steel curtain. So keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the hypocycloids. Mm -hmm.